will happen in the days and years to come? What does the Bible say about the end times? How can we know if we're headed toward those end times? What are the signs that we can see and figure out? All of this is in the book of the Revelation. This is Pastor Greg, and this is Life 66. This week, I'm starting a new series on the book of the Revelation. After we've had such a crazy year in 2020, thoughts of what will the end days look like are circulating you know, quite frequently in, in amongst many, many people. And the book of the Revelation is a great resource to study these things. So we're going to look into this book over the next number of weeks and really find out what God's Word says about this great, great future of ours. Before we get going, though, there's a, uh, one change to our podcast as you get into the, uh, the study of Revelation. Uh, in the description of the podcast, I'm going to be placing uh, extensive notes for you. Uh, so when you go to the description, either on SoundCloud or on your uh, phone app, uh, you can go to the description and there will be the notes for you. So make sure you check those out. I think that'll be really helpful for you. So let's let's dive in here. The things about are the the um, what we call apocalyptic literature in the Bible, things that deal with the end times. There's many places in the Bible where you have apocalyptic apocalyptic literature. Daniel chapter 9 through 12, uh, many places in Ezekiel, Matthew 24, um, Luke 10, and of course, the book of the Revelation. And so we'll we'll, uh, uh, mention some of those other books as we go through this study, but we're going to focus predominantly on the study of the book of the Revelation. And I want to give you a brief introduction today and then the first uh, three verses of chapter one. Uh, We will pick it up and go much, much faster over the course of the next few weeks, but we need to lay our groundwork so that we know um, what we're dealing with and how to um, really get the most out of this wonderful book. Well, first of all, why is the book of the Revelation so important? Well, it is one of the most exciting portions of scripture in the Bible. Now, many people are very nervous or even afraid of this book because of all of its um, uh, metaphors and very, very mystical uh, language and the events that occur are just so otherworldly. And so many just simply say, I can't understand it, I'll never understand it, and they just don't try. But we got to realize in verse 3 of chapter 1, this is the only book of the entire Bible that says, read me, I'm special. It really does. Maybe not in those exact words, but it says, blessed are you when you read this book. No other uh, portion of the scripture says that about any of the other 65 books. The Revelation says that. Read this one and you'll be certain to get a blessing. Now, what is that blessing? Well, it's because of who the Revelation is about. It's not the Revelation of end times, although that is definitely included. It is the Revelation of of Jesus Christ. It's the unveiling of Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see Jesus as, uh, as God the Father, or rather God is God the Father, the judge, the, the powerful creator. And then Jesus comes on the scene in the Gospels, the New Testament, and we see God as the Son, the sacrifice, the, uh, the teacher. And then through the book of Acts and following, we see God as the Holy Spirit, the guide, the comforter. Well, now in the book of the Revelation, we get to see this triune God in all of his glory in a powerful, powerful way. And so this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And many want to uh, put up an S on the end of that 
of that name. And that's kind of a pet peeve of, peeve of mine. It's not the revelations as if there were many revelations. It's singular, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see him in all of his glory. What we're going to see is things that we can know about Jesus. We're going to see uh, the events of his return. Jesus is going to return and set foot on this earth once again. And we're going to see the events that are going to take place leading up to the end times. And some of them are very surprising. And we might even see some uh, things that are very familiar, even in today's world of 2021. Ultimately, what we're going to see is that God is in control. This is a book of victory. It's a book of overcoming. For those who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, this is a book of absolute victory, that Jesus comes back and he's no longer the sufferer on the cross. He's the king coming in to take his rightful place on the throne. So we're going to learn just a a great deal about uh, the future, but a great deal about Jesus. And that's really the key. If we don't have Jesus, who cares about the future? If we don't have Jesus, who cares how it all ends up? When we have him, then everything makes sense, and it makes all the difference. A little bit of background on the book of the Revelation. Um, The author is John the Apostle, the same John who was a disciple who wrote the Gospel of John and who wrote uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Uh, He's he's identified right away in chapter 1, verse 1, 4, 9, and 21, 22. It was written on the island of Patmos that back in the first century, Patmos was used as an island of exile for those that were um, you know, enemies of the state, and Emperor Domitian uh, exiled John uh, to this island. He was exiled there from 86 to 96, uh, and he wrote the Revelation at about, oh, give or take, uh, 95 AD. This island of Patmos is in the middle of the Mediterranean, and of course it's still there to this day. Uh, To whom was the book written? Originally, it was written to the seven churches that are listed in chapters two and three. Uh, But if you recognize, we'll learn in those two chapters that um, it says, blessed are all those who read and hear these words. So we come uh, to find out soon that this is written to all of us so that we all can understand the revealing of Jesus Christ. What are we going to, to see as an outline in this book? It's beautifully outlined in that we have what we have seen, Uh, According to the author now, what the author has seen, what is happening in the present time of its writing in the first century, and what is to come. And a lot of that what is to come is still to come for you and I. Chapter one is what John actually saw, his vision, uh, what Jesus looked like in that vision. Chapter two and three is what is now, the condition of those seven churches. And then chapter four to 22, the great bulk of the teaching, is what is yet to come from John's perspective, but also, as I mentioned, uh, much of what is to occur or what does occur in the Revelation is still in the future for us today. Now, many wonder about prophecy. Uh, They're maybe uncertain about prophecy or they they, um, limit prophecy. The Revelation is a prophetic book, but we need to understand that prophecy has two sides to it. One is the future telling or foretelling the other side of prophecy is what we call forth-telling, or just God speaking uh, his heavenly and holy truth. So there's foretelling the future, forth-telling God speaking. And here in Revelation, we have both of those uh, functioning in a very, very powerful way. Uh, in regard to the foretelling, when somebody 
claims to say this is going to happen in the future, or the Bible claims to say this is going to happen in the future, uh, we need to be able to test that. Now, of course, when it says it in the Scripture, we found over the last you know, thousands of years since Moses began to write the very first words um, that the Bible has been faithful to all of its prophetic words, and uh, no prophecy in the Bible has yet to be proven false. However, um, with all prophecy, whether it's a prophecy of a person, we always want to test that, and we test prophecy by the whole counsel of the Bible. Does the Bible say it? We trust it. Does the, is, the, is a prophetic word that somebody else says consistent with the Bible? Then we can trust that. We also test it by time. And uh, so when we read these things, I'm not uh, counseling anyone to go sell their house and all their belongings and go run for the hills. Um, that we can, we can watch and be aware of God's beautiful timeline and then be able to uh, adjust our lives accordingly to God's timing. It's important to understand, I've already mentioned it, that this is not a book to fear. It's a book of victory. It's a vision that John saw that God gave to John to show that those who are believers in Jesus Christ are overcomers. So if you're a Christian today, you need not be fearful of these things, although you may be tempted to because there's some really crazy and, and, and harmful things that do occur in this book. Um, but we have to realize that we come out ahead. For those that do not know Jesus as their Savior, I got to tell you that there's a lot to be afraid of because the future is not bright for those who have rejected Christ. It's a horrible, horrible judgment awaiting, and it's my heart that you would reach out and accept Jesus uh, to avoid that, that judgment. And when I say judgment, it's not as if God is mad at you or just looking so forward to crushing you. No, the judgment is simply rendering what you chose. Jesus is life. If you refuse him, you refuse life, therefore death. He is light. If you refuse the light, therefore darkness. He is love. If you refuse the love, therefore eternity without love. He is fellowship. If you refuse the, the, the fellowship of relationship, then eternity in isolation. And on and on we can go. That the judgment is simply giving people what they've always wanted. You want life without Jesus? Okay. The judgment is you get, you get your wish. And most folks just don't really realize how horrible life without God really, really is. So as we interpret this scripture, there are many ways that people interpret the Bible. I'm not going to go into all the, the different ones um, for you. You can do that study on your own. Uh, however, um, my particular uh, belief in how to interpret scripture and the one that I feel is most reliable because it lets the Bible speak. It doesn't put anything into the Bible. Uh, it doesn't try to say, well, this is what the Bible intended to say. No, it just takes what the Bible says. And so that's the literal view. And in terms of the revelation, it's the futurist view. So when I read the revelation, I just simply take it for what it says. Many times the, the book will say, and I saw something that looked like. So we don't take everything literally because the book itself said to not take it literally. It said that there was something that I saw that kind of looked like this. And that's because this, the scene, the vision was so so new and so undescribable that the author only had um, the ability to describe it in terms that he knew because he didn't have words for what he actually saw. So we're going to take this scripture 
literally, except when it says itself not to take it literally and gives us symbolic language, words like as or like, or I saw as if it were, you know, those kinds of words. Uh, Otherwise, we take it completely literally, as I do um, the entirety of the Bible. The Bible is God's fingerprint, and he's giving it to us, not to play games, not to play hide-and-seek, not to trick us, uh, but because he wants to reveal himself to us. He's not creating some kind of a bait-and-switch. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and he doesn't want to twist that or confuse us uh, with some other revelation. So with that, let's just get into the first three verses, um, and uh, let's look what those say. Okay, if you have your Bibles with you, you might want to turn to Revelation chapter 1, and I'm going to read the first three verses. And it reads this way. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart, and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. There's that blessing I told you about. Now, let's see what it says. Verse 1 says, God gave this revelation to Jesus Christ to reveal himself to his servants. The servants are those who have chosen to follow Jesus Christ. And that word servant is interesting. It's actually the word for a bond slave. Back in the days of uh, the first century in, with uh, the Jews, or actually before that, long before that, actually, um, uh, there's this, this uh, name of a person or the, the function of a person called a bond slave. And that simply meant this, that if you found yourself because of debt or some other per- reason, you found yourself enslaved, and it came time for you to be freed, uh, you could stay in the same house uh, and be a slave by choice. Many times a person would sell himself into slavery for a period of seven years. Say there was a financial difficulty or something of that nature, and the person would sell himself as a slave. Then after the seven years was up, then he could go free. But sometimes the person didn't want to go free. They liked their life. They liked their master. They liked the role that they had. And so that they would choose to be a slave or be a bond slave. To signify that bond slave, they would uh, place their, um, their earlobe at the doorpost, and they would pierce their earlobe uh, with an awl, and that would be the, and they would wear a ring there, and that would be the ring, uh, earring of a bond slave. And that was a badge of honor for those people. They would say, I am not a slave by force. I'm a slave by choice. And that's the word that the Apostle Paul uses a lot about himself. That's the word that's used here about servants, that we are bond slaves, or we are underneath our master, Jesus Christ, by choice. Now, in this book, it says that these things must quickly take place. Uh, Quickly appears seven times in this book, and you find that there's lots and lots and lots of sevens in the book of the Revelation. Now, seven is not the the number for God. Many mistake that. It's not God's number. Um, it's It's the number of completion. And so there's lots of completion in the book of the Revelation. And seven times this word is uh, uh, quickly is used. I want want to mention, as I mentioned the blessing before, there are seven blessings in the book of the Revelation too. And there are just loads and loads of sevens. You can do your own internet study 
and uh, just type in you know sevens in the book of the Revelation, and you'll get a huge list of those sevens. Uh, so this revelation is given to John, as we've already spoken about, and John is on the island of Patmos, and he sees this vision, and he then begins to write down everything he sees and everything God reveals to him. And what we're going to find out is that redemption is the central theme of this entire revelation. Now realize, back in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, there was the creation, and everything was perfect except man and woman sinned, deceived by Satan, and then sinned in chapter 3. In Revelation 21 and 22, the last two chapters of the Bible, there's new creation, and God has once again brought everything back to perfection, but restored to perfection after sin and death and judgment have all, put, have all been put away. So the first two chapters of the Bible are, are beautiful. The last two chapters of the Bible are beautiful in its restoration. Every chapter in between is about the redemption, how God the Father wants to get his children back again. And that's what this book is trying to reveal, how much God wants us back and what he's going to do to bring us back. Now to close off this, this segment, it says, and blessed are those who hear it, Blessed are those who read it, because the time is near. You know, a lot of people ask, well, when is that time? It says it's near, but what does near mean? Uh, in Second Peter, it says a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day to Jesus, to God. So near is kind of an odd thing for us, because near might be a long time off yet. Well, we have signs, and we're going to learn about a lot of those signs in this uh, in this book. And we're going to find out that some of those signs have already occurred and some are still yet to occur. But as we move closer, we can become aware. The Bible says that those who are aware do not get caught like someone who didn't know the thief was going to come to steal from him. Instead, we'd be aware that the thief is coming and could keep him from stealing. In, in another um, way to put it, nearness is really only as close as our seeing Jesus face to face. Now, I don't know when, when God's going to come back, when Jesus is going to step foot on this earth again. I don't know. But here's also what I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it another day. I don't know if this day, as I'm recording this podcast, is my last day. I don't know. Maybe I only have moments before I see Jesus face to face. And in that sense, he is very near. And I need to make sure that my life is right and that my heart is set and my belief is set on the one who is the victor, the one who is the king, the one who went to the cross and gave us life, and the one who is coming again to redeem everything back to himself. Our singular focus can only be the fact that this life is short and one day we're going to meet Jesus face to face, either when he returns or when we see him after death. And he loves us so much that he died on the cross that we don't have to worry or fear that day. We can actually look forward to that day. He wants us to leave, or he wants to leave us with no reason why we couldn't accept him. He's done everything we need. The only excuse we'll have to not be with Jesus someday is that we chose not to give him our life. And I hope and pray you'll do that. All right, let's quit for there, uh, at there right now. We're going to jump in and, and tackle a lot of chapter 1 
in the next uh, episode. Um, but go ahead and do your own study in the Revelation. Start to do your own introductory studies. Look in the description for the notes I provided. And uh, we're going to have a great, great time in this awesome, awesome book. So uh, God bless you. Talk to you next time. This is Pastor Greg signing off for Life 66, the root of 66 books of the Bible that gives us the guidance for everything we need in this life. Take care. Talk to you next time.